Hey, how you guys doing there? Welcome back. You know, it's your boy, Spencer Fenton Wells, back on another episode of Cocktails and Wieners. You know, you may notice that I'm flying solo today. Nothing new. I've been used to that for most of my life, you know, singing for the summer. So I'm just chilling. Like I said, solo, my beloved co-host, Carson Sneller's not here today. That's okay. Don't worry, we didn't break up. He's actually, you know, I haven't even spoken to him since the last time you all heard from us. It's been all summer. He's out there doing big things for the country, Air National Guard. Proud of him. Can't wait to see him, though. Can't wait to get him back on the pod. It feels weird doing this alone. I I don't know what else to say in the opening. So should we jump right in? First things first, you all know, cocktail of the week. This is a mixture of both a childhood favorite, orange juice, and an adulthood favorite, vodka. We're starting with the trusty, you know, Kirkland's brand vodka. You've seen it before. Big old bottle, about thigh high. I'm shocked that we've drank this much, honestly. That looks like enough to kill you. So yeah, what does that bring us? OJ, vodka. What's that? A little screwdriver action. Just two things that mix very well together. Kind of like me and being lonely. For the first time in my life, let me say that again. For the first time in my life, a team that I would consider myself fans of has won a championship. The Milwaukee Bucks are your 2021 NBA Finals champions. Now, disclaimer. Disclaimer, because I know at least one person out there will get mad. His name's Ben Hafer. The Bucks aren't my favorite NBA team. I'll throw that out there. I'm a Portland Trailblazers fan through and through. More so a Damian Lillard fan, but we're rocking with the Blazers. Now, the reason I consider myself a Bucks fan is because of local fandom. You know, I'm a Wisconsin fan, everything else. Badgers, Packers, not the Brewers. So, like, let's throw the Bucks in there, right? I've lived in Wisconsin for almost five years now. All my friends are Bucks fans. My homeboy Parker Jones back home is a Bucks fan and a Packers fan. Probably a secret Wisconsin fan. So, yeah, I consider myself a fan of them. I think it's totally fine to have to be fans of two teams. Especially in, if they're in opposite opposite uh, conferences, you know? It's kind of same thing for football with me. Now they're not offer, opposite conferences. You got the Packers. Packers are my 1A, 1B, Seattle Seahawks. But it's more like Russell Wilson. He's my favorite football player. So, you know, in the NBA, the Trailblazers are 1, the Bucks are 2. When it's, when it's Seattle Packers playing, sometimes it gets tough to watch. If it's Bucks Blazers playing, Blazers all the way. Second shout out to Ben Hay for this episode. I just wanted to say, you know, congratulations on your sons making it to the NBA Finals, going up 2-0, blowing a 2-0 lead. Booker and Paul both looking not great in several of those games. But yeah, congratulations. You've been a miserable fan. Also, side note about him, my contact's about to fall out. Side note about Ben. 
I don't even know if he's a Suns fan, so I feel like he can't get mad at me for being a fan of two teams. You know? I feel like he's a Booker fan. If Booker bounces from the Suns, no way Ben stays a fan of that that team. But you know the Suns, yeah. Monty Williams, great coach. Chris Paul, 36, 37, still dropping buckets. Yeah, congratulations to them. They blew the lead, but hey, they made it. And that was the cool thing, I think, about the this NBA Finals. You know, we've seen the, the Warriors and the Cavs or any team LeBron's been on for so long that it was a breath of fresh air. And it was two teams that just five short years ago, I mean, the Bucks, when Giannis and Middleton were fresh in the league, might have been two of the worst players in the league. Look how far they've come. NBA champs. I mean, we, we don't even need to talk about the Suns. I don't even know the last time they made the playoffs. So yeah, that, that part's pretty interesting. Yeah, I just thought it was cool that, you know, two teams made the finals that just five, six years ago, they were the worst teams in each of their conference. So that's always pretty cool to see. I keep making the mistake of looking over at the time because when you're talking with another person, <laughs> you know, it goes by a lot faster. I've been sitting here about five minutes in. Hoping you're enjoying the listen so far. I also, you know, we rearranged the desk, got it sideways now, so I'm looking at the camera. I didn't know how to set this up. You know, I know I know most professionals out there, they got the they got two cameras, right? They got the one right at them, and then they got the one offset, but they always look at the one right at them. Maybe get the other one a quick glance, you know. Wow. Builds a little character. But I ain't got that kind of money. I'm just recording on my iPhone. Granted, iPhone's got great cameras, so I ain't even I ain't even tripping. But yeah, I don't. I, do I just look straight the whole time? It seems a little, a little nerve wracking. All right, sticking with the NBA. I just want to cover, like I said, two favorite teams, the moves they can make this off season. Let's start with the Bucks because that's who we've been talking about. I drew up a little uh, roster that I think. Keep in mind, these are going to be feasible rosters that actually can fit within money can happen and have to do with, you know, up and coming free agents this year. So the Bucks, you know, they're, they should largely run it back. You know, you're going to keep Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, and Giannis. That's your big three. So you got to keep them intact. But you know who's a free agent out there that can make this team? Damn. Duncan Robinson. Now he's an interesting player because he's probably one of the best three-point shooters out there. Shoots about 40%, makes four threes a game. But other than that, he doesn't really do anything. So he's not going to draw. He's a mediocre defender. He doesn't get you rebounds. He doesn't get you assists. So he's not going to draw a ton on the market. They're reporting between 60 and 80 million, which comes out to be between, I think, 15 and 20 a year. So, hey, if he wants to bounce from Miami and come join a real team, say for maybe 17, 18 a year, the Bucks can afford that, especially if they let my boy, Brooke Lopez, go. They pay Brooke about 13 a year. You know, I'm thinking, dish that off, pay a guy who's way more productive, about five more million a year, and then let our boy Bobby Portis, a.k.a. Squidwards, a.k.a. Big Eyes, a.k.a. Fun Buddy, you know, let him slide into the starting center spot. I think, A, he was more efficient than Brooke Lopez last year, and B, the fans absolutely love this guy he shoots the three ball better he's not 
as good of a defender. But when you have Giannis, Andrew Holiday, your whole team doesn't need to be lockdown defenders. You have those two players. Bobby Portis is a plus defender, so he's not certainly bad in that area. So this this team would still be fine defensively. So your starting five is going to be Drew Holiday, Duncan Robinson, Chris Middleton, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Bobby Portis. That's that's a starting five that I would consider probably pretty easily, even better than last year's. And they're not even spending more money on the starting five because you're getting rid of Brooke Lopez's bad contract, getting Duncan on a higher one, but then Bobby Portis on an even lower one. Now, he, Bobby Portis is going to want more money, especially with how they played last year. He has a player option for about three and a half this year. But even if you sign him to a three-year, $20 million, why not? So that takes us to the bench players. You know, we're going to keep Dante DiVincenzo. He's our young piece, right? Still good. Honestly, I wouldn't even mind him starting at the two guard. I just think it'd be fun to have a, a lethal three-point shooter out there. We're also going to bring back Pat Connaughton. Can we talk about this? Patty, can we talk about this boy for a second? He's a career four game. He averages four points a game for that career. In the finals, averaged almost 13 a game. Until the last game, he didn't make a shot. I know it was, he missed both his free throws at the end of the game, but that paved way for Giannis to drop 50. I didn't even touch on that. Jeez, I'm all over the place. I forgot how to do this. Giannis's last game, what, dropping 50, 10, and 5, could be the sole greatest performance we've seen in a closeout game of the NBA Finals. And that performance alone puts all the haters in doubt, especially my boy Ben Hafer. He's one of the biggest, <laughs> I'm shouting him out all episode long. He's one of the biggest haters of Giannis Antetokounmpo I've ever met. So yeah, that's the starting five. Moving to the bench, we already covered Dante DiVincenzo and Pat Connaughton. Those are going to be two really good players. Bring back P.J. Tucker, but on a much smaller deal. P.J.'s getting old, but once I saw that that uh, parade speech where he said, they brought me in to be a dog, but we got dogs. Milwaukee weak. When I heard him talking like that, I said, hey, he's good for the locker room. So, you know, I think bring him back, but on... Like, he's a good defender, but he did nothing in the finals. Played some good defense, scored maybe six points in total. So I would not I would not overpay that man. I think he's great for the locker room. But hey, he's he's made up money throughout his career. I don't think another team's necessarily going to pay him a ton. So try to bring him back on a vet min or something close to a vet min. He can, he can be your backup to Giannis, play 16, 20 minutes a game. He's going to be good for the locker room. Bring him in to beat up some of the other players, you know. Backup center. This is where things get fun. This is where things get fun. Frank Kaminsky, Suns player. Ben hates him. I love him. Jalen Rose said he looked like a deer in the headlights out there playing basketball. That's just rude. Dropped six points when Aiden was in foul trouble in the last game. He even dunked on a dude. So, you know, Frank's an interesting player. Whenever he's played on teams or he's averaged like 24 minutes a game, he's scoring almost 10 points. Capable backup. Bring him in and fits the buck scheme, you know. Three, well, not really. He doesn't really play defense, but he can shoot the three. So, yeah, bring him back. Be your backup center. And then the other big free agent signing, Patty Mills from the Spurs. He's a free agent this year. Get him up to the the Bucks to be your backup point guard. Still filthy. Getting old, still filthy. Probably wants to ring chase. Well, I don't know if he's won a ring with the Spurs. Probably. 
Anyways, bringing up to Ren Chase, maybe get him on another vet min, maybe a little more. So then your bench is going to be Patty Mills, Dante DiVincenzo, Pat Connaughton, PJ Tucker, and Frank Kaminsky. Pat can play. Patty Mills, I'm talking about. He can play valuable minutes. Dante DiVincenzo can play value, valuable minutes. And PJ Tucker sometimes can. That's a, I think that's a good team. I think that's a good enough team to get better in the areas they need to get better at and still run it back with your best three players. And make another push for the NBA Finals. I think if they were able to pull these moves off, like I said, it's actually feasible when the money comes into it. They could make another push at the Finals and have a real shot. Moving on to my favorite team, the Portland Trailblazers. For those of you who don't know, except everyone does, there's been rumors and reports out there that Dame's unhappy, blah, blah, blah. Which I'm not saying he's not not unhappy i'm just saying he's still a loyal man through and through i think he's still gonna retire i think all that's a bunch of hoopla you know so i had i had a couple bucket list items for what i wanted the the trailblazers to do this offseason number one was fire the coach terry stotts they did that right away think it's a good move i think terry stotts is a good coach but clearly the vibes weren't right so they move on they bring in chauncey billups to be the head coach now i think that's a good hire Former players that are now head coaches have have succeeded as of late. So I'm I'm fine with the hire. I think he'll bring kind of a fire, a respect, and hopefully more defense to the team. But with that came some controversial. Eh, you know, in 1997, he was accused of raping a girl. I do not know anything about the the scenario, so I can't talk on that. All I know is that. If he was truly guilty of that, he should be in jail somewhere and not coaching the league. If he wasn't guilty of it, then fans and everyone need to give up. There is a settlement. I don't really know what that means. Sometimes settlements are because things happen. Sometimes settlements are just to get it out of the public eye. I think he, hopefully he's a good coach and hopefully that he's a good person. A lot of the fans were not happy with that and were just taking it out on Damian Lillard on, on Twitter. So I think that kind of made him unhappy because Dame A can't control a guy's past. Dame B was just asked who he would prefer as a coach, and he threw out the name. Probably didn't even know the dude's history. So it's completely unfair to blame this on Dame. I thought that was wild. And then, so that first was getting a new coach. Second was probably clearing the whole front office, you know, getting a new GM. Just, it's not working. And then third was having an impactful offseason with some nice trades here. Some nice trades there. Maybe a little uh, free agent signing. So this is where it gets interesting. This is my new look Trailblazers. We got to keep CJ McCollum. I'm a huge CJ McCollum fan. I do know what people are saying about him not being a capable two guard or second option. I think he's a capable second option on a championship team if... You have a different second option that is a lockdown defender. So anyways, we're keeping Damon Lillard and CJ McCollum. We're keeping Robert Covington because he's one of the best 3 and D players in the league. Led last year in deflections, pass breakups, was top three in steals, I think. So he's moving to the small forward. This is where it gets interesting. In a perfect world, I would want to see him trade for Carl Anthony Towns. Now, Carl Anthony Towns wouldn't help the defensive problems because he's not a good defender, 
but he's basically Yusuf Nurkic, except way better. Shoots a three at 40%, averaged probably 25 and 10 throughout his career. I mean, just probably one of the best skilled offensive big mans in the league. And his contract is gorgeous. So if they can somehow pull off a trade for him, by all means do it. But I don't think that's truly feasible, so this is what I have him doing. Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, Robert Covington, signing John Collins from the Atlanta Hawks this offseason. The Hawks have been kind of, you know, hesitant to throw this man a max contract. I personally don't think he's he's worthy of a super max or whatever his max turns out to be. You know, he's a 20 and 10 a night guy, still young, still capable. But I don't think he's worth 30, 30 plus million a year. Carl Anthony Towns, that's what he gets paid. Now, at the same time, I know NBA contracts are getting kind of wild, and I know that's kind of what's happening, so you do have to pay these players. So maybe he takes some between a 25 and 30 million, but him at the four with, he's one of the best pick and roll guys in the league. He's a freak athlete and shoots the three ball. With him and Dame running that would be nuts. And then trading with the Indiana Pacers and getting Miles Turner as your big man. That's one way you solve the defensive issue right there. He's probably top three defending big mans in the league, if not number one. Has averaged three blocks a game two, t- two separate times in his career. That's just insane. So if you can do that in the starting five, as I said earlier, would be Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, Robert Covington, John Collins, and Miles Turner. That would be filthy. I think that's, that's a good enough starting five to at least make them relevant. Then at that point, I don't want to say it's up to Dame to be even better because he's just been unbelievable. But at that point, say, hey, Dame, this is your team. Take us home. That's what the Bucks did with Giannis, you know. CJ McCollum has to be better. Those two have to play better defense, and CJ has to average around 25 points. He, he's right now at like 22, so that's not, he's not too far off. And then, this is where it gets fun. The, the bench is going to be full of vet men veterans out there. You know, DeMarcus Cousins. Bring him in. He's a dog. Does he get injured a lot? Yeah, but he's stayed health, relatively healthy the last couple stops. He was suitable as a backup in the Clippers. And if you're only asking him to play 16 minutes a game, Miles Turner is going to be your starter. He, he's a good starting big man. But then Cousins can come in. There's games where he's averaged 16 points a game in 11 minutes played. He He's a fantastic option. I would love to see him up there on a vet min backing up the center spot. Backing up John Collins would be Jeff Green. He was with the Nets last year. Another very, very good vet min guy. Now, I know this year he doesn't want a vet min because he's been stuck on it, the vet min like his entire career. But the truth is, he's getting old. I don't think a lot of teams are going to be out there willing to, to pay him maybe maybe double what the vet man is, maybe like $5 million a year, but I don't think any team's going to give him $10, $11, 12000000 million. So if he, if he believes that this team can compete for a ring, why not? Come on, bring it on. And then you know, we got to bring back Carmelo Anthony. He's just a fun dude to have. Let him back up Robert Covington. Both of them can split. Get him 24 minutes a game. Robert Covening brings the 3 and D. Carmelo brings the offense. I think it'd be perfect. Trade and bring back 
my boy, Seth Curry. I'm shocked they ever let him go. He gets paid $8 million a year, way undervalued, one of the best three-point shooters in the game. I think he averaged 50, 40, 90 one season. Let him be your backup guard. Let him get 24 minutes a game. Let him back up CJ when he's off the floor. Let him back up Dame when he's off the floor. He's an offensive nightmare, and he plays great defense. So I think that makes sense. And then if you want to go even one step further, bring in TJ McConnell on a vet min. I think it would be great. Pay him two and a half, three and a half million a year. He has shown that he's kind of an energy guy off the bench. Let him get 16 minutes a game here and there. Tremendous defense. I think he had nine steals in one quarter last year. Dropped a triple-double with steals. It's. I, I think that would be a great signing. Kind of, maybe he can be the the guy off the bench that is like the defensive kind of kind of key piece that gets in CJ and Dame's head about how to play better defense. I think that'd be fine. So the bench would be TJ McConnell, Seth Curry, Carmelo Anthony, Jeff Green, DeMarcus Cousins. Now that fits. If you if you do all the money thing, that fits. I think the Bucks ended up being the fourth largest spenders and the troubles would be like the fifth this is what their new team and what the contracts should be i think it'd be great now one thing i did want my or still do want my uh trailblazers to do is bring in my boy joe ingles probably third or fourth favorite player in the league like i've said on this podcast before i look at him and i believe i can do something i look at him and i'm like damn this, this is a white boy losing hair out here giving these people buckets. Great defender, great three-point shooter, great energy guy, hilarious, perfect for the locker room. I would love to, nothing more than to see them bring him in as sixth man. And instead of Carmelo Anthony, maybe let him walk, let him go to the Lakers, bring in Joe Ingles as your backup small forward, let him and Robert Covington kind of split the game, split the minutes, six minutes a quarter, you know, let them, they're the same player, Except Joe Ingles is just a better ball handler, a better shooter, same defender. I think that'd be great, except the only problem is it doesn't work money-wise. Carmelo Anthony would probably come back on a vet min. Joe Ingles is owed like 14 a year. That's probably $10, $11 million difference that would just, I think, push the Trailblazers too far into the luxury tax. But here's the thing about these teams that no team I know wants to go in the luxury tax, but... Unfortunately, the way the NBA set is set up, there should be a hard cap. With not having a hard cap, the team that spends the most money is most likely going to win the championship. We saw that with the Warriors every single year. We're probably going to see that with the Nets next year when every, if everyone stays fully healthy. The Nets, I think, spend $180 million a year. It's insane. It's terrible. So these small market teams like the Bucks and the Trailblazers can't afford to keep up with them. That needs to change. But... The sad truth is, if you do want to compete, you got you to gotta go into the tax. Oh, man. Oh, man. I knew I forgot something from the jump. There was a new segment I wanted to, I wanted to add to this great podcast. It was going to be called Thought of the Week. Thought of the Week. We got Cocktail of the Week. Oh, by the way, Carson's 21 now, so he can be drinking with me. I know people are like, oh, you probably drank before. Carson's the only person I know that truly waited until 21 to drink. So good for him. But he's going to start, we're going to start splitting the the um, cocktails there. So we're going to have cocktail of the week, thought of the week, 
And then to end it every week, we're going to do Badger of the Week, which is just going to be our Badger segment, last 15 minutes of the show. So my thought of the week this year, I meant to start off the pod with it, I forgot, is my boy Joey Chestnut. How is Joey Chestnut not fat? That, that's, my, that's my thought. How in the world is a guy that puts down 78 hot dogs not fat? I don't understand it. And people are like, well, he only does that probably one. No, you got to train for that. He's probably eating 30 hot dogs a day leading up to this thing. And he's skinnier than I am. I, it doesn't make sense. I saw him eating a whole a thing of sushi this size of the table. It doesn't make sense. My theory, my theory on this, Joey Chestnut is not fat because the amount of calories burned when you eat 78 hot dogs, your body's working. It's got to be three times the amount of calories eaten in those hot dogs. You know what I'm saying? The food calories, well, imagine what your body has to go through to eat 78 hot dogs in 10 minutes. That's got to be the be- that's got to be a better workout than sex. I mean, geez. So that's uh, that's my theory why he's not fat. His body's just so like <clears throat> they just it's like <clears throat> his internal organs just they pumping iron. They pumping those glizzies down. Just a thought, just a random thought. I thought that segment would be kind of fun. Let's keep it in the NBA though. About to switch over to the the NFL. We're almost at the thirty minute mark, but I just want to talk about some NBA trade rumors. Things are getting crazy out here. The one off the top of my head that I heard is Shea Gilgis Alexander. I believe that's how you say his name. It's SGA. Thunder's Thunder's best player. Reportedly, they offered him to the Pistons for the number one overall pick and the sixth pick. So they were going to give the Pistons SGA and the sixth pick for the number one overall pick, presumably drafting Cade Cunningham. When I saw that, it was one of those trades where I'm like, both both of these teams are the stupidest teams I've ever ever heard in my life. The, why would the Pistons not accept that offer? Up? Why in the world would the Thunder even offer that? You have a borderline All Star two years that is still young and is proving himself to be one of the next great young players. If you're the Thunder and you're trying to rebuild, why are you? Why in the world would you give up that? And then if you're the Pistons, why would you not take that when you're just going to draft a guy that could bust? Do I think Cade Cunningham, Cunningham's going to bust? No way. I think he's going to be great. But it's still, it's, you never know. SGA's already proven himself, and you get a top 10 pick? Why not? That's the stupidest trade I've ever heard from both sides. One that I think is hilarious is Ben Simmons. The 76ers are seeking a Harden-esque return as Daryl Morey continues to try to trade Ben Simmons. Daryl Morey was down there with the Rockets who traded James Harden. There ain't no way you're even getting a quarter of what they gave up for James Harden for Ben Simmons. Is Ben Simmons one of the best defenders in the league? Yes. When I saw that man pass a wide open dunk in the playoffs on Trey Young, a guy that's four feet shorter than him, to Matisse Thibel, who was double teamed, I knew that man was broken. I feel bad for him. Some players can't shoot the three, and it's fine. Giannis can't shoot the three, but he works around it. Ben Simmons doesn't even shoot. Like, Giannis, I know people make fun of his free throws. He's a 70% free throw shooter. People don't realize that. People don't want to acknowledge that. It's cool. Ben Simmons, atrocious. I When, when it was linked, Ben Simmons and CJ McCollum swap... 
boy, oh, the 76ers become like the best team in the East and the Blazers may as well blow the thing up. Oh, man. I, I'm shocked that people are even... Like, I would trade a second-round pick. <laughs> no, that's, that's terrible. I mean, Ben Simmons, he's still suitable, and he'll, he'll get a good trade value, but Harden-esque? Apparently, the, the Hawks are kind of trying to trade Cam Reddish around. That's interesting because Reddish in the playoffs showed that he was... Oh, wow. Hawks offering forward Cam Reddish, number 20 draft pick to get into the lottery. That's interesting. Cam Reddish, I mean, I, I still believe in him. I wouldn't give up hope. I think he's a, he's a solid defender. He is interesting because he should be a good three-point shooter. That's what he's there for. And he's just... He hasn't been. I think he shot 20% last year. So... I know why they might want to move on from him, but honestly, if I'm them, next year I'm running Trey Young, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter, Clint Capella. That's the starting five I'm running. See what happens. I mean, I think that it was the fluke that you were in the, the Eastern Conference Finals anyways, so I don't think you're actually that close to being in the Finals. So run it, that's still a very, very young team. Run it back with that. See what happens. I think you can still afford to do that this year, not piss off Trey Young. And then if it does if you guys have a bad year, then then blow it up. Then get rid of Hunter and Reddish. But for now, I'm if I'm that team, I'm sitting I'm sitting still and working on my bench. The Lakers, I don't I don't I've seen so many things about them. I've seen Joe Ingles, which would be hilarious. Imagine a starting five of AD at the four or AD at the five, LeBron at the three or LeBron at the four, and then Joe Ingles at the three or Joe Ingles at the two. I love Joe Ingles. I think he's great. He should be starting anywhere he goes, but that would just be a hilarious trade. He does not fit on, just looks wise, he doesn't fit on the Lakers. My my roommate Malcolm texted me earlier today and said that they're reportedly interested in Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook. Listen, if Chris Paul leaves the Suns, you're a bum. You gave everything to the Suns. The Suns gave everything to you. Run it back with them. They can make that team better. Take a pay cut. You're not worth 45 a year. I'm sorry. You're getting old. Take a pay cut. Let them add another guy for 20, 25 million a year. Run it back. See what you can do. That, that's what he should do. If he goes to the Lakers, he's a bum. Westbrook on the Lakers would be hilarious. I'm totally fine seeing it because that team gets way worse. Dennis Schroeder, I'm bringing him back 10 out of 10 times over Westbrook. Is Westbrook a good athletic defensive? Yeah. Sure he is. Can he shoot the three? Can he shoot it all? No. He's that he would be hilarious on that team. And why are they trying to go for such a ball dominant point guard when they let LeBron run point guard? Makes no sense. Really makes no sense whatsoever. I think that about uh wraps it up. And I kind of want to move into the NFL. You know why? You know why? Parker Jones. I feel like he doesn't even listen. Our boy's back, Parker. Our boy's back, Parker. Aaron Rodgers is back in the green and gold, baby. He's back with the Packers after a terrible offseason. With all my teams, honestly, Russell Wilson wanted out. Aaron Rodgers wanted out. Damian Lillard, rumors about that. I'm like, damn, I got to get all new teams next year. He's back. Even more important, Randall Cobb, back with the Packers. We love to see that. Cobb, Kentucky boy, shout out him. He's coming back. Let's touch on Rodgers. I guess it's just an off-season press conference. His first press conference back with the Packers. 
you know, the reporters were going to pepper him with questions. I was kind of interested to see how he would handle it. I kind of thought he was going to go with the Marshawn Lynch approach and just say, I'm not here, so I won't get fined. I'm not here, so I don't get fined. You know, I thought that's what he was going to say. But I kind of enjoyed what he did. He he laid out everything that he felt this offseason. He said, basically, F you to the Packers front office. The one thing I didn't like that he said is when he, word for word, he said, Green Bay is not a vacation destination. Very true, except Door County is very beautiful, so we can disagree on that. He said, Green Bay is not a vacation destination. Players that come here come to play with me. Now, I don't like that he said that for two reasons. A, it's not just because about you, pal. I don't think a player would ever come to a team solely because of the history of it, but the Packers are probably one of the most historic NFL franchises alive. So it's not just because of you. Are you a big part? Yes. We also have a top three running back, Aaron Jones, a top three wide receiver, Devontae Adams, a top five corner, Jair Alexander, one of the better rushers, Zadarius Smith, one of the better young safeties, Darnell Savage. We have probably a top three, now probably a top five offensive line. Matt LaFleur, great young coach. It's not all because of you. I think that's where his ego shined through a little bit too much, but I know what he's saying. I know what he's saying. Because if he did leave and didn't come back and Jordan loves our starter, we, we are less relevant. I know what he's saying. But it's not all about you. Maybe 30-40%, but it's not all about you. What I liked him doing is calling out specific players that he felt the Packers wronged. These are friends. These are teammates. I loved when he did that. He said, to name a few, he said, Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, Brian Balaga, Clay Matthews, Charles Woodson, John Kuhn. All these players were were key parts. Corey Lindsley this year were key parts of the Packers and that team being good. Those are some of the best players at their individual position. And he said that some of these players the Packers didn't even offer contracts to. I know Jordy Nelson was becoming less productive. He was still out there doing his thing, though, and had an amazing connection with Aaron Rodgers. Why not? He was willing to take a hometown discount to come back. You already have Devontae Adams, who's becoming one of the best receivers in the league. Why not bring back a veteran, Jordy Nelson, never let him leave, just stay on the other side for a hometown discount? You don't have to rely on him as much as you used to because he's older, but you have Devontae Adams on the other side. So that point, I completely agreed with Rodgers. What I'm hoping this did, I know there were a lot of analysts out there that were saying, why did Rodgers even do any of this? He lost. He came back for nothing. No, I think he shed light into kind of the bad moves that the Packers have historically made. And I think if that changes the future of the Packers, for both him or the Packers, I think Packers, I think that's fantastic. Maybe the Packers, I want them to fire the front office. Murphy needs to get out of there. Brian Gutenkoos needs to be out of there. But anyways, maybe if that changes the way they work, keeping older players, going after free agents. I think the Packers, I'm hopeful that, I know people are like, it's just a one-year deal, last dance sort of scenario. No, I don't believe that. I think what's going to happen, Rodgers is going to come back this year. I think we have a great team. I think it's more than suitable to make another Super Bowl run. We've made it there for the last five years, right on the doorstep. So I think I think we're perfectly suitable to do that. If the Packers truly give them more power, 
maybe fire Gutenkust and not do anything else stupid. I feel like I, I can see Rodgers retiring there. If not, he's 100% going to the Broncos. But if they if they pull off this uh, this upcoming season right, I think Rodgers will retire with them. I was very excited to see that. Randall Cobb coming back is very interesting because the only reason he's coming back is because of Aaron Rodgers, which is funny. But we drafted Randall Cobb when we drafted Amari Rodgers. He's the exact same player as Randall Cobb. Now, I don't mind it because we gave a sixth round pick and we bring back $3 million with the Randall Cobb deal. So I'm not mad at that at all. I think it'll be fantastic. We're going to have Adams, Cobb in the slot. Outside's either going to be Lazard. I would want it to be Devin Funches if he can get his together. So that's our, our receiving core is fine. And then we're going to have a young Amari Rogers learning from Cobb for maybe one, two years, however long. Hopefully till Cobb retires, honestly. So yeah, I'm totally cool with that. The, still, the only thing I don't like that the Packers did this offseason is bringing back Aaron Jones. I love the guy. I think he's fantastic. But you just drafted A.J. Dillon, and in the limited time he played, he showed he can be a monster. He's huge. So why not let him on a rookie running back deal run? You saved $12 million there. You can bring back Jamal Williams, who's showed he's a capable backup, probably even a capable starter on some teams. For I think he signed for $3 million a year at with the Lions. Bring him back. Your running booms, your running room is AJ Dillon, Jamal Williams, and then you get to bring Corey Lindsley back. If you do that, you, you have the best offensive line in the game. So I don't know why. That's the only move this and then with that money you save, granted it does go to to Lindsley, so you don't save a ton. But you could maybe go find a veteran linebacker to help our run run defense. Maybe another veteran cornerback. You know, Steve Nelson's still out there. Quan Alexander's still out there. It is what it is. I'm just excited he's back. I'm just excited that the Packers will be will be relevant again. Trying to think of who the final four teams that are going to be left this year. If Tom Brady still defies old age and doesn't get hurt somehow, some way, I don't know how he does this. The Bucks are a top four team. They're one of the top four left. I also think the Packers will be a top four team, one of the four teams left. So I think in the NFC, it'll be Bucks, Packers. I really, really, really want the Seahawks to be in there. I'm hoping they're the third team out. I'm hoping that maybe it's Bucks, Seahawks to get one of the spots in the NFC championship game. That would be a dream scenario. Hopefully the Seahawks win that. But I'm going Bucks, Packers from the NFC. AFC is going to be interesting. I think Chiefs, obviously, are going to be one one of the four left. And I might go out on a limb here and say there's two teams, two kind of dark horse teams that I think will make it. One are the Tennessee Titans. And it's not it's not all because they got Julio Jones, but you do have Julio Jones. You know, you can literally run the ball every single play with Derrick Henry. He, he's just a stud. Run the ball with him every single play. And then every play action, you can either throw to Julio Jones or A.J. Brown. I think they still have John. No, I don't know who their tight end is. But that's fine. And their defense is fine. Their defense isn't bad. It's not great. But I think that's I think it'll be Chiefs, Titans, and if not Titans, 
I know people aren't going to agree with this one. Colts. I think the Colts are going to be another dark horse next year that could be in the, the AFC Championship. They got my boy, Jonathan Taylor. They got my boy. Nah, not my boy. But they got Carson Wentz. If Carson Wentz can somehow figure his stuff out like he did a couple years ago, he's still, I think I still believe in him. I know I, I still believe in a lot of players, but hey, why not? Like the team, they still they have a good offensive line, top five running back, potentially good quarterback, and a great defense. Probably a top three defense. Those are my two sleepers. I think they're gonna be so it's I think it's gonna be Chiefs, Colts, Packers, Bucks. Mark it here, bet on it, write it down, parlay it, whatever it's called. I don't really care. Now, you know, as we wind this episode up, it's currently 1247 as I am sitting here. The other, the other segment that we tried to do, our first couple ones, is Badger of the Week. This is just the last 15 minutes of each episode would be dedicated to the Wisconsin Badgers. My pride and soul, heart and soul, whatever the saying is, I love them to death. We got football coming up. I'm extremely excited to kick off the college discussion. For the first time ever, and rightfully so, name, image, and likeness is now profitable for these college students. Now, all in all, I think this is fantastic. I think it's, I think it's wrong to, to prevent anybody from making money that they are making other people or potentially could make other people. However, I am a little worried that there's not enough regulation to start this off right now. If it is true that Alabama's backup quarterback, he hasn't even been named the starter yet, has made over close to seven figures, that's just ridiculous. I think these players should be able to sign endorsement deals, but I think there needs to be some way to still keep the playing field a little even. Obviously, a star quarterback at the biggest school in college football is going to make more than an offensive lineman at Wisconsin. That's just given. But maybe we need to cap this thing at an endorsement deal, 20000 a year, and maybe cap it at... Because I kind of thought what this name, image, and likeness thing was going to do was going to be jersey sales, apparel sales, and um, bringing back NCAA college football and basketball. I thought that was kind of the forefront of this thing. I wasn't necessarily expecting all these endorsement deals. Not mad at them. I just think it, it's pretty wild for a college football player to be making a million. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it. Well, I guess I kind of am. But maybe we need to, there need to be some stipulations in this thing. I'm not saying they shouldn't be allowed to make any money. I think they deserve a ton of money. But I don't know. That kind of confuses me a little bit but all in all i'm glad it's happening i just think it happened a little too fast it felt like one week they were like okay this is allowed and then all these big names are just say hey oh this is interesting side note jets have finally signed first round pick quarterback zach wilson way longer than it should have because they can't get a contract straight just shows they're a terrible organization. And then Eagles reportedly monitoring situation involving Deshaun Watson. That could be interesting. That would be hilarious if the Eagles traded for that man. I haven't even heard anything about any of those cases. If that man's guilty, throw him in jail, throw the key away. 
Um, but if not, those ladies might need to serve some time. But anyways, the Wisconsin Badgers, football coming up. I'm excited for this year and our football team. I think we have a chance to have one of the best football years we've had. Now, last five, eight years, Wisconsin's slowly been, they've slowly been getting better, slowly churning up. I'm thinking, you know, we got Graham Mertz. Woo, might be, might be my next favorite Wisconsin player. Move aside, Russell Wilson. Move aside, Jonathan Taylor. No, I'm just kidding. I just hope he can, this year, if he can play anywhere close to how he played in the first two games, against Illinois and Michigan, he could be great, and we could be great. Our running back situation, I don't want to say it's unknown. We have Jalen Berger and a transfer from Clemson, which is always big, Chez Malusi. He's an Italian running back. Pretty cool if you ask me. So those two can kind of just battle out in camp, and whoever wins is going to, it's going to be a two-headed backfield, as it always is. But, I mean, I don't think it's, it's not going to be as good as, Melvin Gordon or Jonathan Taylor, but it's going to be suitable. And I think it'll still be old-fashioned Wisconsin good running backs. Offensive line is going to be good. Probably one of the better ones we've had. We lost a couple last year, but we're replacing them with even better recruits. We're starting to get five-star offensive line recruits, which is very nice to see. Receivers. This is going to be one of the first years we've had three legit receivers on the roster. Danny Davis from Kentucky, shout out him, Springfield, Kendrick Pryor, and Shimri. I think it's Shimri DK. His last name's spelled like Dyke, but I know it's not pronounced like that. I think it's Shimri DK. I don't know if it's DK or if it's just DK like Donkey Kong. I don't know. Anyways, he was a freshman last year, got valuable playing time because of injuries and showed that he can, he's a legit receiver. Danny Davis, freshman and sophomore year, one of the best young receivers Wisconsin's had in history, and then he kind of fell off. Coming back this year, taking advantage of the COVID year, hoping, hoping, hoping. If he can put together a legit year and hit 1,000 yards, he's probably getting drafted third, fourth round. That'd be very good for him. If he goes nuts like he can, he probably would go late second. He's He's an athletic freak. And then maybe even one of the best ones all around, I'd say Danny Davis is our most athletic and has the best hands on the team. But we have Kendrick Pryor, who's probably the best all-around receiver. So those are your two starters. With DK coming in the slot or backing them up, going to be great. We still have Jake Ferguson, another tight end. We always have good tight ends. He's one of the better ones we've had. So very, very excited for that. Going to the defensive side of the ball, linebacking core, still going to be nuts. Our outside linebackers, Nick Herbig and Noah Burke, except I kind of want Spencer Lytle to start over him. Those are going to probably be the two starters. And then inside linebacker is going to be Leo Chanel and Jack Sanborn. Leo Chanel and Jack Sanborn will probably be first-round picks. They're legit. They're good. Our nose tackle, Kinu Benton, is phenomenal. I think he's probably going to be, he'll, he'll probably be a first, second round pick. He's one of the best nose tackles in all of the country. Our two defensive ends are unknown. One's a transfer from Oregon. Other two are kind of have played, but both of our Isaiah Loudermilk, Isaiah Loudermilk 
and Garrett Rand were our defensive ends last year. They're both in the NFL now this year. Our corners are going to be very interesting. Our safeties, I'm not worried about the safety room. Real quick on that, Reggie Pearson was our safety a couple years ago. One of my favorite players on defense. He was just an animal. He was just light people up. Right before kind of right before COVID happened, he was kind of off the team. And reports have never came out about why he was off the team, but we do know it it had to do with medical reasons. Now, I kind of thought maybe they discovered something that would endanger him if he got COVID, so they said, we don't want you to play this year. But then once COVID was over, he came back to the team and was once again not medically cleared by Wisconsin. He was medically cleared by three third-party doctors, but not by Wisconsin. So whenever that stuff happens, I truly don't know what to think, but it's always sketchy. Because these big... If a player can play for you and he's going to be an NFL player, you're not going to not let him play. Like, these colleges do slimy things. They're going to... So when a college says, hey, you're not medically cleared, it does surprise me. So I don't know what to think about that. I love him. We're going to miss you. He's down at Texas Tech now. But with that being said... Our backup, we have a Colin Wilder will be one of our safeties. He's a transfer from Houston. Very good. Very, very good. Our other guy, Scott Nelson, tremendous, but he's struggled with injuries. I don't think he's played a full season yet. If he can stay healthy and play a full season with us, that'll be... I mean, our defense is looking... Fion Hicks and Caesar Williams, both going to be five-year players who have played, showed flashes with a bunch of young backups. I mean, this team... This team come out and shock a lot of people. So I'm very, very excited about Wisconsin football up and coming. I'm hope, I am made a bet with people at work that they're going to finish in the top four. Or they're going to go to the college football playoffs. It, it's got lunch riding on it. I'm hope, I'm Maybe I'm too high on this team. I'll just say we do have the players to potentially do some damage. You know? I'm just excited. And then we can... About five minutes left, we can touch on some Wisconsin basketball for a minute. About a month ago, there was a secretly recorded audio tape released by somebody of a meeting between the seven seniors on last year's team and the Wisconsin coach, Greg Gard. This meeting was kind of all about how this team feels that Greg Gard doesn't care about them. They kind of were saying stuff like, I wouldn't recommend any of my friends to come here. I wouldn't push for my kids to come here when I have kids. And it was kind of like, whoa, like you don't hear about these things. But the sad thing is, maybe it was, but it's pretty much confirmed that it wasn't released by a player or Greg Gard. Maybe it was released by somebody on the coaching staff who's since been fired because there's been three of them that it got out, but this meeting was supposed to be private between the head coach and the players. And the players have all tweeted, like, we're sorry this came out, blah, blah, blah. It made us a better team for having this meeting. And you know, every single team out there, high school and up, they have these meetings. It's part of being a competitor. It's part of loving who you play with. It's part of trying to better yourself and the program. So I'm not worried about that because... One of the players decided to come back for a COVID year. So if you truly had a disagreement with the team or 
So it is interesting. Three of the players did transfer, and the other guys went pro. One of them will probably get drafted second round. One might sign undrafted. One went Euro. Two went Euro. But the other three transferred to Valparaiso. Interesting. They weren't like our big-time players, so it's not that interesting. But one of them did come back. Brad Davidson is going to be the key cog next year. I just thought it was interesting that that meeting got leaked. They were saying some interesting stuff like, we're not asking you to cry, but at least show you like us or support us or something. It was interesting. With that being said, next year's team, it doesn't look bad. It, I, I'm I'm hopeful. I kind of did the same thing I did with my two basketball teams of what, what they're going to be looking like next year. Like I said, Brad Davidson's coming back. He's going to be our starting two guard. He's a veteran. He's a dog. He's going to be the leader of the team. One of the best young players we've had probably since Sam Decker, Jonathan Davis, is coming back. He was on the under-19 U.S. basketball team. Didn't play that great, but showing that he can, he can be good. He's going to be our starting three spots, small forward. The highest recruit in program history, Ben Carlson, over from Minnesota, will be coming and probably our starting four guard, or at least I hope he does. These last couple recruiting classes have been just full of our highest recruits in program history. Chucky Hepburn's the next one, who was a stud out there in Nebraska. He's probably going to be our starting point guard, or at least I hope he is. So the starting lineup will be Chucky Hepburn, Brad Davison, Jonathan Davis, Ben Carlson, and then the center spot gets interesting because we have a seven-foot big man who can shoot lights out, except he's super, super skinny. Like, I'm talking maybe 140 pounds. But they just brought in a transfer, Chris Vote from Northern Kentucky. Shout out Ben, Chris, and Clay. The Norris, he went to NKU. Transferred up to Wisconsin for his fifth year. He will probably be the starter at center, except the interesting thing about him, he averages like 10 a game, a couple blocks, but man doesn't shoot outside of two feet. So I don't know how they're going to work him in. He'll probably be the starting five. And then for our bench, it'll get interesting because it's going to be Lauren Bowman, Isaac Lindsay, Matthew Morris, Tyler Wall, Stephen Carell. Tyler Wall probably could start. He's shown. The other guys are all freshmen or sophomores. The team's going to be very, very young. Don't expect much. I shouldn't say that. I don't expect them to... Like, I'm not going into the year like, oh, we can do some damage like I did last year, but I'm going into the year like, I think we could surprise some people. Maybe get the 8, 9, 10 seed. 11 seed. One of the playing games. Right now, they have us as second second four out, which I don't know. I think we'll make the tournament. I think this team's going to be fine. Probably finish fifth or sixth in the Big Ten, hopefully top four. All right, that's that's going to wrap it up for this episode. You know, just want to give another shout out to the co-host, Carson Sneller. Hoping he calls later today. He just graduated from Air Force basic training, I think it's called. He's a man. All His whole family is. They're all big military family. So, you know, Big shout out to them. I'm going home in a week, going to see my mom, my brother, my dog, my grandparents. That'll be, I'm looking forward to that. From here on out, I know you haven't heard from us in a while. From here on out, I'm hoping to do bi-weekly episodes by myself. So it'll come out today. Hopefully this Thursday. By today, I mean. It'll come out in two weeks. So the second week of August. And then it'll come out two weeks after that. So the third week of August. And then it'll come out the first week of September. And then after that, I think it'll be every week. And Carson will be back with me. Not sure how we're going to do that. We, we might have it set up to where we have like the two videos. Um, but yeah, be a friend. Tell a friend. Thanks for listening. 
I hope you enjoyed first solo episode. I hope it went well. We'll have to get this thing jumping somehow. Got to get it jumping on TikTok. I want some more fan interaction, some some questions to answer, some questions to talk about. I also want to get this roadcaster to maybe get some call-ins. I think that would be super fun. That's, that's how I've been. That's how I've been chilling. Thanks for listening.